today I'm talking about the church and the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to start today's sermon off with a quote. So I'll just get my laptop to work. So the quote is from Terry Virgo. And it goes, To accept that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still available today, but not to seek them earnestly, is to devalue them and regard them as unnecessary or maybe simply a nuisance. So I found that a bit of a... So I'm going to come back to that later. But I just found that a really challenging comment that today we can very quickly forget the presence of God and forget the move of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and just, and just go with the motions and actually forget that God is still moving and God is still speaking and wanting to speak to us. So why do you come to church is my first question. We've heard many different reasons, and here are some of them. To give the elders something to keep them busy. (laughs) 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 To keep us from getting bored. Someone else to babysit our kids. To hedge our bets on getting into heaven. To look good, or because our parents did. This is a really important question to ask ourselves. Why do you go to church? So my history is I grew up in a Baptist church. um, Very traditional, very word-based. Yeah, it was all I knew. That was the the system that I grew up in. My mum, my dad and my mum ran the youth, sorry, the young adults and the kids. So they were very busy all the time. Um, if it wasn't looking after the 20-year-olds, it was looking after the six-year-olds. So they, they led a very busy life. But uh, we had fun. Um, we, all I can remember is the endless camps that we went on. Um, and Dad having to come up with hilarious things every Sunday to keep the kids entertained in Sunday school. Um, so what do theologians say about going to church? So church is for worship. Uh, ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and mission. So why do I personally go to church? So because he told me, so it was my own personal conviction, um, because I found family, and I'm jumping down my notes, because the Bible tells me so. So Ethan, can you put up Hebrews 10, 24 to 25? Hebrews 10. Okay. I hope you can see past me. So, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, Scripture is quite clear. It talks about us not forsaking gathering together. And that's been one of the hardest things, I think, during COVID where we've had to watch church on TV. Um, And they've done amazing in serving us in that way. But we've very quickly forgotten about gathering together as saints, being together as the saints. And the the word's very clear that we mustn't forsake doing that as Christians. So why do I also go to church? Because Jesus loves the church. And I think once you catch that, it just... 
gets hold of your heart deep and you know that, that how much Jesus loves his bride and what he's coming back for is the church. Um, I get to use my gifts in the church. So those of you, who you'll all have different gifts that God's given you. And in church is one of the places that you can use those gifts and, and be released to use those gifts. So back to my story. So when growing up, I only was aware of one system of church. And that system was that you voted your leaders in and the structure was ordered by man. There was no place for the Holy Spirit to move. That was something of the past. For me, I grew up in church, but oops, sorry, but in the end became consumed by fear and disillusion, not being able to attend church. So as I was growing up in church, my parents went through a very bad time together um, and they ended up um, splitting up um, and that completely wrecked me and my brother because me and my brother just presumed that my parents had the perfect life. They were leaders in the church, they led things well, um, their marriage was successful, but it became very clear that it wasn't. And um, when they split up, I just became very disillusioned with church. Um, and one of the reasons why I became disillusioned was, I remember a number of times, we lived in a very small village in the UK. So, um, I think you understand villages here. Do you understand villages? Small towns. Um, so we used to, when we used to go into the village, everyone knew each other. And the problem was, was you would bump into people from church and they would purposely cross the road to avoid us and to not interact with us because they didn't know how to deal with us. Um, and I think for them, because my mum and dad's marriage had failed, they panicked, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to handle them. So their way was, well, rather avoid us and have nothing to do with us, then we didn't need to deal with the situation or discuss the situation. But for me, it kept on pushing in the thing of, church doesn't love me, we've done something wrong, we're, we're, we're broken, how can we go there? You know, they, no one wants us, no one loves us. But actually that was a lie, um, which I came to know later. Um, but I, see, I always knew in my heart that there was something bigger to church. So no matter what me and my brother had been exposed to, my mum, we just knew that there was something bigger that God had in store for us, um, for his kingdom. So whilst I was a teenager, my life was really messed up. I had huge, sorry, my, my words are jumping, insecurities. And um, I was paralyzed by fear and anxiety. Um, I um, pretty much didn't do any high school. Uh, no, I didn't do any infant school, junior, infant or junior school, because I was crippled by fear. And high school, I was in and out. And I just really felt like I didn't fit in and didn't know why I didn't fit in. Um, and on one evening, I visited my granddad's church in London. And there was a prophet there who picked me out of the crowd. And again, God reminded me that there was something about church and that God of the universe knew me and wanted a relationship with me. Something began to ignite in me and a hunger that there was something far bigger than church, sorry, bigger with church and what 
sorry. Jump, jump, jump. Words jump around for me, so you have to bear with me when I... I'm doing well. Okay. I'm just trying to get back. Where am I? There. And what church should look like. There we go. <laughs> I'm back on track. Um, so I discovered a youth group. And, I find, and I, for the first time I discovered that I could actually hear God for myself. So I was in a meeting. And um, we, we had gone in a circle to pray. And I, I was too nervous to say anything. So I didn't say anything. I just sat there quietly and prayed while the rest prayed. And then I realised that they started to pray stuff in the room that God had revealed to me whilst we were in that circle. So I was like, hang on a minute. I think I can hear God and God speaks to me. And then I went home and I had this dream about a youth um, movement being set up and established. So I brought the prophetic words to one of the church leaders and they said, oh, there's someone else who's had exactly the same word as you for a number of years. I had only been there recently. And they had been looking to establish this youth movement. So I discovered that God loves to talk and he loves to speak and he loves to reveal himself in different ways to different people. And for me, the journey then began of me discovering what church looks like where the Holy Spirit is present. And actually the gifts are active and functioning. So sometime later, I visited a church called New Frontiers. So in in Cape Town, um, it would be Jubilee or the Bay. Um, So that was the family of churches that I used to go to in the UK. So I visited one of those churches and I was overwhelmed by what I experienced. I experienced family and they were doing life together, which didn't make sense because my traditional upbringing of church was you rocked up on a Sunday you, sat, you did a few songs, did a sermon, sat down, went home, and then you might get together during the week to do what they would call a group, and then that would be it. But actually, these guys were actually doing life together. What I mean by that is we ate together, we used to go out during the week together, and numbers of us lived together, so I ended up living in a house with a number of the guys in the church. Um, we traveled and ministered to other congregations, we used to go to the cinema together when the cinema was open. It is open again now. <laughs> um, but we did life together. Um, and then what I discovered is we suddenly, where there was needs in our lives, everyone helped each other out. So whether it was financial or whether it was something physical that was needed, um, I don't know, say a fridge or a TV People just gave things away to each other, and there was joy in that. I mean, I remember a couple being given a car because they needed a car. I mean, who gives someone their car? I mean, really? Sorry? Yeah, we, I remember years later, um, before we moved to South Africa, our car broke, and and there was a a time frame where we still needed a car because we were working, and someone just gave us their car. We prayed, and did, so we didn't, really tell anyone, did we, Robin? And, and someone then approached us and said, there's this car available. And we were like, oh my goodness, that's what we need. So um, someone actually ended up giving us a car, which, yeah, it was just crazy. Um, 
one of the other things I discovered is we discussed the difficult things, difficult questions, difficult things that go on in your lives. I remember sitting in the kitchen and um, there was about six of us guys sitting in a, six, some were sitting on the breakfast bar, some were standing around the kitchen. I mean, the kitchen was disgusting, may I just say that. It was a, it was a, a house where the guys lived. And so before I moved into the house, I've never seen such a dirty house in your life. I don't know why I say that, but it was literally insane. So when I moved in, I got the jick out and I cleaned everywhere. <laughs> so everywhere was like spotless. I remember one Christmas, Robin and I, um, we were engaged at the time and um, I had my parents over. I was, so I went and picked Robin up from her house and, and the parents were um, going to come and have Christmas with us. We were scrubbing the carpet to get the dirt out of the carpet because it was so dirty from the guys. Guys don't have a clue. They need women in their lives. <laughs> so, and I mean a wife. So it's not just... <laughs> so, we, but basically these guys, laid, these guys and girls laid down their lives for each other. And we experienced God together and we did life together. And that was something different than I'd ever experienced before. And I'm telling you... There is no going back once you experience that. And thankfully, we experience that here in Musenberg. You know, there is life in our congregation. We love each other. We eat together. We give things up that we have. And that just, it's, for me, that is New Testament church. That is Acts 2.42. That is us laying our lives down for each other. This is what we live for. This is what Christ, for me personally, is coming back for. Um, so later on, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, so obviously, I'd not experienced that before. So I remember one meeting, um, uh, one of my friends came up to me. No, it was one of the elders in the church came up to me, who ended up later being one of my best friends. Um, and he said, do you mind, can I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, of course you can pray for me. Um, and I remember him laying his hands on me and I'm going flying to the floor. <laughs> and just the power of God... Um, knocking me out on the floor and just experiencing the love of God and um, yeah just his presence there's something about that Um, once you taste that you never want to go back never ever want to go back Um, and then there was another meeting where God powerfully set me free from fear and many many other things and my life got completely turned up down turned upside down and around, and I mean, to, to even to the point where my life was. So I lived a very um, restricted life. So I lived with my mum and my brother, and um, I wasn't working at the time because I couldn't hold down a job because of the fear. Um, and after being set free. I was able to move out of home, so I was able to leave my mum and brother, which was huge for me to do that. Had the time of my life living with the guys uh, before I got married. I was able to get a job and hold a job down. And it was just how God wants to break into our lives and to bring us freedom. And it was just, you know, that is why Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross so that we could have freedom and live in freedom and be in freedom. And, and actually coming to the realisation that we don't need to live with these, those things in our lives, but actually we can have that freedom. Okay. 
I've gone way off my notes. <laughs> so church was where I met God through the Holy Spirit and experienced the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what does the Old Testament say about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? So in God gave gifts to particular people of particular roles or activities. So we have David in the Old Testament, Elijah, Moses, the 70 elders, craftsmen building the temple. In Joel 2, 28, 29, God lets his people know something that's coming. I'm going to put that up again. So, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So to know that there was a time coming when God's presence would be poured out on all people and all people will be able to prophesy. What does the New Testament say about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I won't, so in John 16, he talks about it. And Jesus tells his disciples that he would be leaving so that the Holy Spirit could come down. So in Acts 1, 4 to 8. On one occasion, while they were eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but go away from the the Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for now for you to know the times or the days. The Father has said by his authority. And it just talks about the Holy Spirit coming and coming down. Sorry. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. That was the important bit. Sorry. <laughs> for this sermon. Um, okay, my next bit. Gifts are given to us to extend God's kingdom and to bring glory to Jesus. They are given to edify his people and to empower us to reach those who don't know him. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Bible gives many examples of gifts, such as speaking in tongues, words of knowledge, prophesy, as we got to see last week when Nadine was here with her team and she prophesied, they prophesied over us as a church and individuals. Healing, miracles, hospitality, teaching, faith, discernment, evangelism, and there's many, many more. So how do we go about receiving and experiencing and exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit? We receive the gifts by the laying on of hands. Sometimes it happens in worship or life or baptism in the Holy Spirit, just as when I was prayed for, when someone laid hands on me and the, the gifts came. How do we exercise the gifts? This is really important as us as a congregation. One of the places we can start is in our community groups. It's a safe place where we can practice and develop the gifts and step out of our comfort zones. Um, in our prayer meetings, so one of the, we have our prayer meetings at half past three every Sunday, I'm going to plug it. Um, 
But that's a place where you can hear from God and share what God's saying to you and, and bring it to us as a team so that where God's going to direction and take us for the service for that day. Um, opening up our homes and at church, during times of fellowship together. And as we get experienced in, in practicing the gifts, it then becomes that we can use it in our normal day-to-day lives as we're in the real world, as they say. Um, I just remember one time when um, Cleone, um, she, we were in a restaurant, this was pre-COVID times, and um, she had a word for the waitress and she said to me, Dad, can I bring this word? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, this is, okay, fine. I was like, okay, go for it, go for it. So she went up to the waitress and she, she wrote down on the serviette what she felt God was saying to this waitress. And this waitress just broke down in tears. And, and God just really spoke to this waitress through Cleone. And I was just like, for me, again, it reminded me that God doesn't want to just keep himself inside the church. He wants to take himself outside the church as well. Okay, so I'm going to say Terry's quote again. So to accept that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still available today, which they are, but not to seek them earnestly is to devalue them and regard them as unnecessary or maybe simply a nuisance. This, this freaks me out. And thankfully for us as a congregation, it's not true. We do seek them and we do want the Holy Spirit to move and we do want lives to be transformed and for God to be in the centre of it all. Um, Okay, how do we respond today? So what I feel God is saying to us as a congregation, so I've written down a few things that I felt God was saying. I felt like for for, for a number of people, God was wanting you to find home and to find family. And that God was, had brought you into this congregation so that you could be part of the family and to find home, as he would say. So I felt like God was saying that. I also felt as well for a number of people, as I've spoke about the gifts, um, there was a number of you that you may feel like your gift has gone dormant. So it's like it's gone to sleep. So you haven't been actively um, actively working and using the gift, functioning in the gift, that's the word. Um, and I felt like what God was wanting to do today was to activate the gift inside of you, whether it's prophesying, whether it's gift of healing, gift of evangelism. And I felt like God was wanting to activate that this evening in this place. And then there was, I felt God was wanting to do new activations. So for those that you'd been who never really experienced moving in gifts, actually God was going to activate gifts inside of you this evening. It was, and as his presence comes, he was going to just release gifts in this place. And then the last one that I had was for if there was anyone in this place that doesn't know Jesus, actually it's all about Jesus. Put the gifts aside. If you don't know Jesus, come and speak to one of us. And we would love to pray for you and and just speak for Jesus to come into your heart and just to surrender to him. So I'm trying to think where we move on, how we move from here. And um, I think, Dylan, how should we do this? 
I think we need to, there needs to be an activation. So if you feel like, so I'm going to ask Ross to come up and strum some tunes. Tunes. And I just feel like, so, if you felt like, God, you had gifts that you'd not been operating in lately, and that you felt like a, a challenge of, of God wanting to activate you this evening, then for responding to that. And then for those of you who want a filling of the, spirit, of the presence of God, we would love to pray for you as well. So yeah, so I think just encourage you to stand. If you feel you want to respond and come forward, and we'd love to pray for you. I think, Ross, you, you want to lead us?